the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA09. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Now, I'm recording, I can tell you, Taylor, how much I admire how much you get done because. You have so many hobbies, so many side hustles. You work like a demanding career. You have two children. You Forrest go was back genuinely and forth. complimenting me, and I was like, "Turn on record." <laughs> I know, I know, and now it sounds insincere because like, I'm literally just. <laughs> but it's actually really impressive. You do so many thank different you. things. Uh, thank you, thank you. So yes. we are back for part two of this week's split episode situation. Mm-hmm. And I got to start from the top. So this is doomed to fail. Yeah. I'm Fars. This is Taylor. Last Monday was Taylor's section on a historical story. And now this is my section on a true crime story. And so we're going to test this format out for a few weeks, see how it plays out for us and see how it plays out for y'all. And if it works, and we're going to keep doing this way. Otherwise, we can just revert back to the way we've been doing things. So that's what I got. Correct. I love it. I opened up my other beer. Um you're still I, drinking the same Pacific. Uh, you're still drinking new Pacifico. Yeah, I only had two Pacificos, so now I have zero Pacificos. Pacificos, but I had myself okay. a Diet Coke that I'm drinking any of. Yeah. So when when I talked about my story, in case you missed it, um, we were drinking mortar oil because we were talking about Detroit <laughs> and the Fords. Um, and far as you were drinking your kombucha, I'm done with the kombucha. All right. I'm drinking water so, now. All right. Good for you. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go grill some meat after this. So I'm gonna save it's my just, beer drinking. That's fair. It's just so hot. We were at we were at the Park MGM in Las Vegas this weekend, which we love. We like love the hotel. There's no smoking inside. It's like great for kids to like walk around and not feel like you're gonna die. Um, Wait, we were the in MGM the, doesn't have smoking. No, the Park MGM across the street from the MGM. Oh, okay. It used to be the Monte Carlo, but um, we were in the pool, and the pool was like lukewarm at best it was not refreshing you know it was like nice to be in the water and we like had pina coladas and like so it was like cool but it was like man you can't keep a a pool from being super hot these days no i was actually thinking about like doing like a regular thing where i just go get like a bunch of ice like mm-hmm. and as a one-off and just fill it fill the pool with it because it it, it is not refreshing right now but yeah. i don't know it feels like when it's this hot and you're gross anyways you're like whatever i'll just jump in the water yeah yeah so. So you're drinking the Pacifico. I have some water and we're on to the true crime section of our story. So I, I started this out. So this, I literally picked this story out earlier today. Like it was, it was like a really flight moment of like, just trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about. And uh-huh. I picked it because I love the movie, the, Ch- uh, the Chucky franchise. Oh, and yeah. I, and I just learned that there's a series a Chucky series that is now two seasons in, which is really cool. cool. I didn't actually I know about it. that. I looked at the, tra- I watched the trailer. I've not seen it itself, but it looked really, really cool. But it started to make me think about other terrifying little things. And it made me go down a rabbit hole of researching the human equivalent of a Chucky doll, which is a killer kid. Ooh. And Chucky is actually going to make an appearance in this story in real life. Oh, no. So. I love it. The story I'm going to be discussing today is about the murder of James Bolger. Do you know that name? No. But 
I might actually talk a little bit about it, but tell me more. I'm not going to Google it yet. Should I Google it? I'm not going to no, Google no, it. No, yeah. So okay. some people some people know this name, and probably the reason why you know this name is not the reason why I'm – not the person I'm talking about. You probably know the name James Bolger because James Whitey Bolger was a famous oh. Irish mobster who was murdered in prison and ran the south side of Boston for like 70 years. That's that not who we're talking though. about. That just happened. Yeah, that was like maybe like six, seven years ago. And he was like on the lamb for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he was on the lamb. Uh, the movie Black Mass by Johnny Depp is about him. If Ooh. you watch, uh, if you've seen The Departed, Jack Nicholson's Ooh. character is basically Whitey Bulger. Like this guy is like really, really famous. That's why when I say James Bulger, the natural instinct is you're talking about Whitey. No, I'm not talking about Whitey. This is a different James Bulger. Got it. So unrelated. Totally unrelated. Okay. So this James was actually a two-year-old boy from England who suffered an incredibly horrific fate at the hands of two basically 10-year-old Chucky dolls. This all happened in early 1993. So our story will start with the two main antagonists, 10-year-olds Robert Thompson and John Venables. These two were friends and classmates and had a habit of playing hooky from class together. And on the day of the murder, the two of them went to the local mall to just basically be hooligans and steal shit and be annoying bastards basically yeah for some reason they had decided that what they wanted to do while at the mall was abduct a kid and push him into oncoming traffic that's what they told police later on after everything that is about to happen happens and honestly i I would rarely ever say this but like doing that would have been like a blessing compared to what they actually ended up doing wow that's how bad it was oh my god the day they're at the mall, a woman named Denise Bolger and her two-year-old son James are at a butcher store that's in the mm-hmm. mall. And Denise literally lets go of James's hand to pay the butcher. She looks down and he's gone. That's how fast. That's how fast it happened. It's absolutely insane. I yell. I mean, I yell. I do yell at the kids all the time at the store if I can't see them. And I'm like, I know I sound like a crazy fucking person, but if I can't see you, you're kidnapped. Like, I have to be able to see you you know Dude, and even that like I should, I should be touching them i should latch them to me <laughs> so when i was living in florida i went to um the this there's a mall there called the sawgrass mills and i there was like this little girl like this small little two three-year-old girl just standing in the middle of like this walkway just crying and nobody was helping her nobody was doing anything and i walked up to her and was like what are you doing here he's like mommy 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 and i, I was i, I I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then, uh, luckily there were like women there who like are moms and we're like, okay, we gotta like figure out what to do. I was like, cool, this is not my thing anymore. Y- y'all run with this thing. But like, I would imagine it's something similar. You just look down and your kid's gone. Like it's gotta be the oh scariest God. thing in the world. Well, what you tell your kids, I mean, of all the parenting lessons, you tell your kids, well, one that a grown up never needs your help. So like, you don't, you don't, don't, don't help a grown up. But also if you are lost, you look for a mom with kids and she can help you. You know, like, look for another mom who has a bunch of kids, and she will help you find me. Yeah, so if, 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 like, I walk up smelling like bourbon, you know, that's the opposite of that. But I was very helpful in that situation. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Because Luckily, like, other people were there. Because I I would not have known how to handle that situation, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, literally in the seconds that it took her to pay this butcher, John and Robert grabbed James by the hand and led him away. This was so all sad. captured on CCTV cameras. It's in full color. You can actually see them holding his I hand and everything. Yep. Yeah. They take him down to the Leeds and Liverpool Canal, which if you look up pictures of it now, looks like a very quaint and lovely little green space, which is probably due to the fact that after this event, 
like some 57 million pounds, British pounds worth of revitalizations happened there. But when they were there, it was like the opposite of charming. Think like more Albert Fish than pastures in England type of vibes. I'm picturing the, um, like the, what are they called it? Like the, the, not the wetlands, wherever they went in it. Even though I know this in mean, but you know, in it, they like went into the woods and it was like awful. Keep going. It's definitely not like that, <laughs> but it's actually just as terrifying. So, so they make their way to this canal, and that's kind of when all the torture basically starts. It started fairly mildly at first. It's awful no matter what, but it's still somewhat mild. They pick James up by his head, or they picked him up, they turned him upside down, and then dropped him on his head on the concrete. Mm. James is a two-year-old boy. Like, the concept of someone being mean to you or someone hurting you is just, like, unfathomable. Like, I can't imagine what this little boy was thinking. He was crying hysterically because he just didn't know why people were being mean to him. Why, well, why was oh this happening? God. And because of this they were seen by somewhere around 38 people seeing James crying. They would eventually walk away from the canal and walk two and a half miles to another city. During that walk, two people stopped them saying, what's going on? What are you doing with this kid? And they just said, Oh, he's our brother. He's fine. He's our brother, which like you probably believe, right? Like what, like who, who would question that? And like, Oh God, it sucks that like the, like what is the mom doing right now like freaking out obviously yeah yeah so they get to a juncture in this city between a cemetery and a railway station and they find a remote area on this railway station and just basically start trying to torture and kill james they had when they were at the mall they shoplifted some uh paint and so they started pouring paint in his eyes for some reason it was blue paint they're being very specific that it was blue paint which will come up later on no they kicked him they stomped on him they threw bricks and stones at him they shoved batteries in his mouth for some reason they found a fish plate which is a 22 pound piece of steel that connects two sections of railway together and they would just like throw it on him while he was on the ground and that injury alone resulted in 10 skull fractures so it was bad it was really really bad Okay, there's a part of this where there's some element of like sexual abuse and it is not affirmed 100% whether it was true or not. There were some things that came out. They're like, this could have happened. This could not have happened. And frankly, I don't really love talking about that very much. And so I yeah. just, I, because it's not a confirmed thing, I just rather not even discuss it because we don't know. So after all this, they laid James out on the track Uh, who at this point had already stopped moving and a train came didn't see him and split him in half oh my god poor baby so the one saving grace was that he was already dead when the train hit him they know that for sure and apparently they couldn't figure out what the cause of death was because he had so many injuries they they found 42 injuries on his body of which they think most of those were in and of themselves capable of killing him, but they don't know what, what actually ended up killing him. Oh my God. It's terrible. Yeah. So by this point, James is a missing child, but nobody knows where he is. It was basically dumb luck that anyone found this kid because his, the boys had covered his body with six and debris. So when the train hit him, they were like, I oh, we just hit something, whatever. Like we don't right. know what we hit something. Apparently some ki- Luna. That's Luna. It's a dog. It's a dog. <laughs> thank you taylor you're welcome <laughs> apparently uh 
playing on on railroad tracks is like a pastime in the 1990s in, in England because some kids were also playing on the railroad tracks two days after this happened and they found his body and reported it. <laughs> this was not a whodunit. It was, it was obvious. The boys, you could clearly see them on video leading this kid away, right? So it wasn't like that big of a thing. The media ran with this story and some woman knew John and immediately identified him and called the police. John was brought in. So it was Robert. They were questioned. It was determined that they were obviously guilty. There's a ton of evidence here around forensic stuff that went on. Like one, I mean, there were, their clothes were covered in his blood. They had blue paint all over them. They like, it was just like 50 different things that made it completely unequivocal and unquestionable that they Mm -hmm. were the killers. We know that for a fact, basically. So they were put on trial. And by this point, they're 11 years old and they are tried as adults in England. At the time, the age at which a person could be held criminally, criminally liable for their actions is 10 years old. Most of the time, that doesn't mean they are subject to adult penalties. It just means that we think you're old enough to have understood the ramifications of your actions. You know, right? Like, wrong by then. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I looked up, like, so in the U, guess what the youngest age is in the US? 16. Six. Six? Right. Yeah. Do you know what state? Uh, Utah. North Carolina. All right. The oldest age for criminal responsibility in the U.S. is 12, and that is actually – wow, weird, weird that you said Utah. The oldest age is 12, and that is California, Massachusetts, and Utah. So every other state kind of falls between 6 and 12 years old. Got it. At trial, they were found guilty and became the youngest convicted murderers in history. Oh, <laughs> God. That's horrifying. crazy. Like I mentioned, kids don't typically get punished like adults. So uh, when the judge sentenced them, they sentenced them to serve at Her Majesty's pleasure, which is a term of art in UK, saying they stay in prison until a parole board decides they've been rehabilitated. But the judge did say that his recommendation is they stay in jail for a minimum of eight years. The judge, I mean, this is going to make you kind of angry, actually, later on. We're going to get into the penalty phase more. The judge in this case did something that was also incredibly rare. He released their names to the public, which like almost never happens with juvenile offenders. Mm-hmm. But he was like, the public needs to know. And, and he just made that determination and decided to do that. The media jumped all over this. And per usual, content was determined to be the main factor in all this. Again, circling back to Chucky, they found out that John's dad, right before this had happened, had rented Child's Play 3. And in that movie, there's a scene where some kids are playing paintball and Chucky replaces the paintballs with actual bullets. And the fact that there's a scene of someone getting shot with a blue paintball pellet uh, and the paint was rubbed into James's eye that was blue, think that maybe Chucky had something to do with this. I mean, Chucky's a, the, no. Yes. And yes and no. Like that, You have to be a real shitty kid to make that correlation. I mean, Taylor, between me and you, We've probably watched, like, in total, like, two years' worth of slasher movies. Yeah. Never killed anyone. There's, like, the whole content is what makes people do things argument. It's just so not based in science. You're a bad person. (laughs) You're going to do something bad anyway. You know, like, yeah, there's no way, but. So many kids I grew up with grew up watching Bambi and crying when the mom was killed and they're hunters now. Like, it has no impact. It had the opposite impact, maybe. That's too bad. (laughs) <laughs> it's too bad. I, I hate that shit. That's so funny. 
the two were sent to basically like Kidjo, which kind of sounded like a secure version of a camp. Their parents could visit them regularly, and they were able to basically continue their education and then undergo counseling and therapy. It's worth noting that they apparently exhibited like fairly severe PTSD. From what I was reading, it sounded a lot like Robert was the antagonist and Mm -hmm. John kind of just went along with him. By most accounts, there didn't seem to be any remorse in Robert, whereas John did seem to have remorse. Like it seemed like it actually bothered him a lot more than it bothered Robert what they ended up doing to this kid, which Mm -hmm. good, it should. But it's gonna but it's gonna be an important detail here in a minute when I talk about where they're at now. Yeah. What about like I imagine if my kid had like was in this juvenile prison for like, I don't know, stealing a car. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, I don't want him anywhere fucking near these guys. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I I don't know. I feel like as other people, I don't know, this is bad. And and that that was actually like a part of it was the sense of isolation they also experienced because the other kids that were in there they weren't in there for freaking killing a two year old exactly they were in there for something yeah. stupid they were like truant from school or like stole a car or something you know yeah exactly it's a big difference there so these kids were in prison or their version kid jail whatever um, juvie uh, and it's worth noting that during this time there's a lot of political maneuvering that's happening around this case. So politicians in England are basically using this as an, this event as a I'm tough on crime stance Mm -hmm. by advocating for higher sentences, which ended up actually happening. So the original sentence was at her majesty's pleasure with a minimum of eight years that got pushed to 10. Then that got pushed to 15 in the middle of all this, John and Robert's parents were also appealing to the EU's court saying that they should not have been tried as adults and they basically saying like it, the legality of changing a prison sentence after the fact is not right for a kid and so the court agreed and the basically long story short was that it, it dropped back to eight years so a lot of procedural stuff that was going on there but that was the long and short of it ultimately ultimately they served like basically the minimum they served like a little bit over eight eight months eight years i think it was like eight years and six months uh, and on in it, they got released in june of 2001 so they're around like 18 19 years old give or take i don't love that yeah to say that they were the most hated people in england is kind of an understatement they yeah. couldn't go back to being themselves once they were released they were treated like a protected mob witness they yeah. were given new identities they were moved to a secret part of England with fabricated passports. They were legitimately in witness protection. And part of it was that they couldn't access certain things, which would be um, parole violations, because if they did so, people in neighborhoods would realize who they are and, and target them. And so mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to go to certain cities. Their movement was, was restricted and so on. The fear was that if people knew who they were, they would actually kill them. Like this didn't yeah. stop the media. In one case, a media outlet figured out and published their location. Didn't did not know their names, but they did know their location. They published that. The they were found in contempt of court in order to pay 150,000 pounds in penalty. And also like a large part of these penalties had to do with how expensive it was to keep this up for the government. Mm-hmm. In another situation, a foreign publication, so one that the government couldn't control through contempt of court proceedings, also said that they found out their new names and identities and said they're going to publish that. And the government literally paid them to not publish it. So this was not like a fine or anything. This was like, please don't do this because it's going to cost a shitload of money to get these guys back under witness protection again. Mm-hmm. 
For decades after their release, people in the UK would publish pictures or names of people they didn't like and say it was these two. That's hilarious and terrible. It's terrible. It reminded me of the son of Sam. When, when, remember that? When, uh, when, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I think it's my creepy uncle, you know, or like, <laughs> I think it's my brother in law. He's kind of a, he's kind of a jerk. He's here in Brooklyn. Yeah. H- Henry's like, Henry's like, yeah, uh, there's a guy named, uh, uh, there's a bookie named Tommy Legbreakers. I think it was him who did it. He's like, yeah, you know, Tommy Legbreakers, he's my bookie too. So nice try. <laughs> oh my God. That's, I love that part. Uh, but again, this section could be like 10 minutes on its own. Suffice to say, a lot of people went to jail for like almost getting other people killed by saying that people they didn't like are these two guys. It happened a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. It happened It happened into like the 2015-16s. Like it was happening constantly. In 2010, John got arrested again on charges of having and distributing child pornography. This obviously created issues given his release from prison and also with protecting his new identity because now he's back in the system. He's back in court and his identity can be revealed. His pictures can be taken, all that stuff. They really went over the top to protect this guy. And he actually wasn't actually that protective himself of his identity. He actually told two random people when he was in witness protection who he actually was. And the court went around their typical procedures when he mm-hmm. got brought up on these child pornography charges where it was just the judge who could see his face. Nobody else could see his face. Like the the wow. prosecution, like his lawyers, nothing. Kind of wild. At the time, something happened when he was in jail that resulted in him needing an entirely new identity. At the time, it was called a, quote, serious security breach, unquote. Later mm-hmm. on, we learned that because he was caught on pedophilia charges, like his info kind of leaked out in there because it's kind of like America where they have a version of the sex offender offender registry, basically. Wait, who who did that? Who had that? John Venables. Got it. And there was a website that would publish the info of people who were caught doing pedophilic things. And John was part of that. And his info was published on the internet. So they had to change his identity again. They have a sex offender. Wait, what? But if he sh- shouldn't he be on the sex offender registry? It's or not no, that he's, because he was it, it, no, no. It's not that he's on the registry. It's the fact that they tied his fake identity to his actual identity. Because because is this, because is his it, fake identity on the registry? Because I would want to know if someone near me was a pedo. I don't know if which. So it didn't. It ultimately did, it didn't end up mattering in his case. And I'll explain why in a moment. But okay. his uh, the the problem was. So let's say you change it from John Venables to Bill Johnson. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Bill Johnson's a sex offender. The guy living is Bill Johnson's a sex offender. Right. The fact that he's also John Venables is what the government's trying to prevent because if people find out that he's John Venables, they will kill him. As long as they know that he's a sex offender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part okay. became obvious and clear to the entire world. In 2013, he was again paroled from prison on these child pornography charges, which I'm really starting to think the UK is like just super, super, super chill on punishment. Like he was an adult. Like he was not a kid anymore. He was an adult when he when he did this. Eight years in total for torturing and murdering a two-year-old. Yeah. And then it was it was a year and a half for this child pornography charge. But realistically, the reason that, that it took so long to get released had nothing to do with the underlying child pornography charges, 
the reason it took so long is because they had to create a new identity form because they, this information got published on this this website. That was the issue that they, the government had with him. Yeah. Anyways, didn't matter. Uh. In 2017, he got caught on child pornography charges, and he's in jail as of like this moment, as of right now. He's still in jail. Oh, and again, the issue is this identity because the government started looking into Canada, Australia, New Zealand. They're like, where can we send this guy? We don't have to create a new identity form every couple of couple of years. And obviously those countries like, yeah, no, thanks for sending your best and brightest, but we're, we're good. We're going to, we're going to hold off on having John enter our country. Jacinda Arlen, one of the great prime ministers and, and world leaders, she said something along the lines of, yeah, we're not going to give this guy special treatment. He's more than welcome to fill out the application for citizenship or transfer or whatever immigration. I would not waste my time if I was him, though. <laughs> it's like, it's how she I mean, I've, I feel like I've read like even like in the states, like stories of being like, okay, this real bad guy has got to get out of jail. Where do we put him? And people would be like, no, there was a guy here. I remember I saw a petition on, like next door or something, and they were trying to send like a sex offender, like give him a house here in like our area, and people signed a petition to be like, no. Yeah, no, yeah, like it's you, there's yeah. no, ch- no there's no option other than change identities, randomly insert them somewhere with like a backstory. Like there's no there's no other way to do it. Yeah. So there was a thing I read when I was looking this case up that had to do with kind of like explaining kind of away the sex charges or the um the child pornography charges because apparently he also dated really young. He had like a seventeen year old girlfriend, and he would like. He was a gross dude, but I read something about how there is this concept when like your childhood is taken away, you have what's referred to as delayed adolescence and Mm -hmm. you just miss this chunk of childhood because of what you experienced. And there's some apologist thought process that like, maybe that's why he did what he did. Like he's not the worst person in the world somebody else was also in this position but i don't know man you killed a two-year-old you got caught with all this stuff it's just like i don't know i I can't make an excuse for that no no absolutely not but like i i feel like that's an argument that people use that reminds me of like michael jackson because he didn't have a childhood you know was that was that that one of his arguments yeah not his arguments but like people's arguments about him like his childhood was taken away from him he was in that lot his parents were it was terrible you know but also that was terrible that wasn't even his fault it was terrible he didn't kill anyone i don't think yeah terrible because his parents yeah i mean this guy is probably going to be locked up for the foreseeable future because and realistically it's probably not even going to have anything to do with the sex offense charges probably gonna have to do with the fact that it costs so much money to create a new identity for him and this guy keeps telling everyone who he is (laughs) it's just like you stop talking about your identity you fucking idiot but oh me, meanwhile, Robert seems to be doing fine. So he later on came out as gay and has been in a very, very long-term, happy, healthy relationship with a man who does actually know his identity. Hmm. Yeah, and in the prevailing years, he's proven to be much less of a piece of shit than John is, but maybe it has to do with the fact that he's a psychopath and probably has no emotions whatsoever anyways. I don't know. But you think that that one was the instigator? Yeah, that's the prevailing theory is that he was the instigator. So there's some gay couple in the UK right now who are 40 years old or one of them is this guy. Yeah. Look at your friends with suspicion, everyone. Seriously. I mean, think about all the other crazy ones that we know of. Like Carla Homolka is like literally just like I can't believe she gets to going to yeah. PTA meetings and no. like going to the park. Like it's wild. 
unbelievable. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Poor James. What a freaking cutie pie I'm looking at him. He has a little, his little English accent. Yeah. Oh. And, and it, this is actually a fairly recent story because he was supposed to come up for parole in October of 2022. Mm-hmm. And that got pushed out six months. I don't know what the latest status is. It, it, it's presumed that he's still in jail, but because of the nature of security around his identity and his name, I don't know. We don't know for sure because it could be a thing where the government releases him and it's like, I'm just not going to tell anyone what happened with this guy. And he just goes off into the, into the sunset. Right. You know? But then he'd fuck up again. He's a fuck up. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was caught with some really terrible stuff. Like he was not <sighs> like he was like he was caught with like how to create it yourself and it, it yeah, was yeah, 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 bad, 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 bad. bad stuff. Bad, yeah. Bad, yeah. Um, and it's crazy that that I guess I I guess I remember this. I mean, they're my they're my age. <laughs> they're like exactly my age. No, like totally. we would have been in school together. Wait, are they? Yeah, they're both born. You were eighty three. 82. 82. Okay. 82. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. It's wild. Not good. And it's wild because it's like, it's like, again, like, because they're so young, it just makes you think like, like all these people stopped when Saul was going on, but it's like, who on earth would ever think anything other than this is these guys? Like who? You wouldn't. Yeah. A 10 year old would kidnap a two year old. Like it's crazy. So it feels like a unfortunate, unfortunate tragedy that was probably very, very hard to not happen yeah i wonder how many people get stolen in a mall i don't know i'm trying to see if there's like mall kidnappings i guess if it doesn't happen less now because we don't care about malls as much i think that's probably a part of it but also i think like you know if you're an adult you know you're gonna get caught if you do something in a mall because there's cameras everywhere yeah I mean, it, I think kidnappings in general gone down. What's the ratio? What's I'm gonna look this up. Have kidnappings gone down in the USA? On average, fewer than 350 people under the age of 21 have been abducted by strangers in the U.S. per year since 2010. Is that less than before? But is it like in like a weird way because of like? Like the way that you think, like, are there less serial killers because of forensics? Could be. I don't know. Wait, in 2020, 400,000 were abducted in the U.S.? That can't be right. I'm just going to go hug my children and hold their hands. I'm like, I need to see you uh, constantly. No, this is also kids who run away and do stupid shit like that. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I can't find stats on whether it's gone down or not, but I would, I mean, I would assume it has. I mean, it's still a lot. Look, if 350, it says 350 a year go, um, are actually abducted by strangers. That's that, that wow. feels like that's like almost one a day, which is like a crazy high number, in my opinion. Yeah, but. that's still so many. Oh my god, that's yeah, scary. That's real scary. I'm scared though. Well, I don't love it. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good story. It's not fun, but don't love it. But that is our tale for this week. Until- cool. Well, thanks for having. Let us know what you think about this being two two parts, friends and fam. That this was our second half. 
Also, let us know if you're which one you're going to see first, Barbie or Oppenheimer. I'm going with Oppenheimer. Yeah, no, you see Oppenheimer, then you have a few drinks, and you see Barbie, and then you can sleep at night. That's how you're doing it. You're gonna do a, a twofer. I don't know. We're but we're gonna, we're gonna be on vacation, so like kids, people can technically watch our children for us, and we could do it. Wow. Okay, that's actually not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Nolan movies don't like. I mean, they're good to think about, but like this one feels like it's gonna like make you feel weird. Oppenheimer, brunch, Barbie, sleep at night. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the only way to do it if you're gonna do Into it in it. order. <laughs> July twentieth, people, mark your calendars. Eighteen days to go. <laughs> We're very excited. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll move to New York that weekend, and I'll be there the twenty second. So I think that might be the day. What's going on in New York? Um, we're going upstate ish to like go to a house and see family. Because oh, we're gonna be real. I know it's exhausting. We're gonna be real close to Hyde Park, so I'm nice. gonna go to Hyde Park, and so I'm very excited. I will. I'm gonna go to wherever Lorena Hickok is buried and do all of those, those Eleanor Roosevelt pilgrimages. That sounds fun. That sounds lovely. yeah. Next yeah. time you're here, I gotta take you to this um, this bar uh, that's called um, so it's it's Roosevelt Room, and it's on the block called Eleanor Roosevelt. So Aww. I've been there like four or five times. It's actually a really good bar. So Cute. we'll go check it out. That's fun. Um, yeah. Sweet Taylor, uh, everybody, please do like, subscribe, write us e- emails at doomedtofailpod at gmail.com and tell us. I what have you one think. more listener. I have one more listener mail. Let's hear it. Um, Lindsay, my cousin, um, is super smart and has a PhD in Japanese literature and spends a lot of time in Japan. And her and her husband, Brad, went to um, Odafuku in Asakusa, Tokyo, which is a place that has a perpetual broth. So the broth that they've been making or like simmering since like 1950. Which I have a picture of because you sent me a picture of it. And did, did you notice that they basically, they also, like it's like a martini. They put olives in like a stick in the perpetual broth. Yes, I see olives. I see a thing. I'll, I'll post a picture. She sent them to me. She said that um, it was very rich and she doesn't eat meat a lot. So she definitely got sick the next day, but she doesn't Oof. blame that on the, on the perpetualness because Brad, her husband, did not. <laughs> it so. looks really good, though. It looks really rich. <laughs> So I'll share her photos, but super great. She called it a doom to fail fan pil- fan pilgrimage. That's which is awesome. really nice. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Uh, sweet. So yeah, like us on all the socials and all the things. Give us your feedback, and we will iterate this as needed. Awesome. Sweet. Thanks, Mars. Thanks all. Have a rest of your day.